Hello and welcome back to a very, very special edition of The Alonzo Bet. We're your hosts, I'm Aaron. And I'm Sam. And we are so excited today to be able to welcome our first ever guest to The Alonzo Bet podcast. And we are lucky to have Jake Mintz from Cespedes Family Barbecue join us today. And for those of you who don't know what Cespedes Family Barbecue is, it is an incredible baseball Twitter account run by two uh, friends who met each other in high school, uh, Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman. They bonded over a mutual love of baseball and have sort of created this this really fun, amazing Twitter account and have a bunch of other projects that I think uh, in, in the baseball world, including appearing on uh, uh, their own show, Change Up on the Zone. And uh, they've been putting out some great content on their Twitter account, during the quarantine, for those of you looking for more baseball content. So yeah, if you're not following uh, Cespedes Family Barbecue, you definitely should be. Go check it out. And on the flip side of that, uh, if any of you have come to us and are viewing this episode as your very first, based off of a Cespedes Family Barbecue knowledge, we want to welcome you. We want to say welcome to the podcast, and we hope you stick around. On our first episode, we give you a full rundown of who we are and what we're about, but we're just going to recap some of that here for any new viewers who may be uh, listening to us for the first time. So my name is Aaron, and I'm here with my co-host Sam. We're both PhD students at Princeton University with an intense love for the game. Sam's a diehard Mets fan, and I rep my snakes out in Phoenix, Arizona. You know, on this podcast, we're going to get into a lot of stats. We got a stat corner every episode. This episode, we want to focus on Jake, so we don't have a stat corner, but next episode will be WPA or win probability added. On previous episodes, we've looked at hitting, pitching, and defensive statistics already, so definitely go back and give those a check out. And uh, finally, a lot of people like to ask us, what's with the name, you know? And Sam, do you want to tell us what is with the Alonzo bet? Yeah, so the Alonzo bet references something, a bet that Aaron and I attempted to place before the 2019 Major League Baseball season. So Pete Alonzo, a person who I am very fond of, just led the major, just set the led the major leagues in home runs. A human the, polar bear set the rookie home run and home run record in doing so. And before the season started, I came to Aaron with a with a bet. I said, "Hey, look, this Mets prospect Pete Alonso, who has insane power, is 150 to one to lead the major leagues in home runs." This is on DraftKings Sportsbook. So we tried to make a deposit to get the bet in, but there kept being an error on the website. The bet wasn't getting processed. I tried to track down. Uh, DraftKings customer service. We couldn't get the bet placed, and when the season started the next day, that that future was no longer available. However, the rest is history. We attempted to place ten dollars each on this bet. The profit would have been fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen hundred for each of us, folks. That may be chump change to some of y'all, but for a couple of hardworking students like us, we need that cash. And so, if you go to our Twitter at the Alonzo Bet, you'll see the very first thing we want you to know. DraftKings owes us money. That is right, and we are still expecting it from them. But, you know, <laughs> in the meantime, it's a funny story that sort of defines some of the things we love about baseball. And, you know, we like to gamble with baseball every now and then. So, Except for the teams we play on. We don't want you guys to think we yeah, gamble on our softball teams because no, yeah. we would never. No, I, I would like to be inducted into the Hall of Fame <laughs> one day. Um, yeah, so that that's a bit about us. And, again, if you want to learn more about us, we, we've been doing a season preview series so far on the podcast. So we have a separate podcast. We have a separate episode for each division. 
In our last episode, we did our playoff predictions, and then with Jake, we'll be getting into our award predictions for the season. So me and Aaron both give our predictions, and Jake also gets his own. So it was a really fun conversation we had with Jake, and I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we do. And with that, we're going to ring up Jake right now and give you all of his wonder, wonderful insight into this year's season and personal accolades. And my feeling is we're also going to get a couple of interesting stories along the way. So stay tuned. Jake Mintz coming to you in just a few seconds. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We are here with our special guest today, Jake Mintz of the world famous at Cespedes Family Barbecue. Jake, how are you doing today? World famous is a really interesting description <laughs> because like local restaurants will use world famous to describe like, oh, we have the world famous like stuffed hot dog. Whereas like in reality, only the people down the road have heard of your your frankfurter and to me that is how i <laughs> took your world famous descriptor of of the cespedes family barbecue is that people around town know who it is you guys do have a baseball card though we and that's do exciting. have a baseball card yeah we do have this that was a moment that was very crazy it was like oh i'm on cardboard and i, and I will say like i i you used to me from packs yeah. at the store I, I used to be a big baseball card collector when I was younger, and like Allen and Ginter was my favorite set to collect. So it was like super cool that you guys were in that. Oh, it was it, it was very. And the funny thing is like people messaging us being like, "Hey, can you sign this?" And I know that like some of those people are like actually fans of ours who are like interested in having us sign it, which is mm-hmm. crazy and cool, and I'd love yeah. to do it. And then I know that some of those people are just trying to get the whole set signed and completed so they can sell it online. Yeah, <laughs> and I can de- determine the difference between the two, and I respond to some people and don't respond yeah. to other people. Did, did you guys me. sign officially for the set as well? Yeah, we signed about two hundred and fifty of <laughs> in each color. It was a weird day at the office. We were just like, well, but you know, Jake says here he might sell himself a little bit short. Cespedes Family Barbecue does have almost 100,000 followers on Twitter. So uh, that road that people know them on is uh, quite long. And they've kind of built this following by being a very fun uh, outlet for sports, highlighting personalities and fun things going on in the sports, um, kind of straddling a line between statistics and playing the game a little bit like we try and do on our show. So we're very, very lucky to have Jake on the show with us today. And Jake, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, so I, Jordan and I, Jordan Schusterman, my, my better half, as I call him, <laughs> we started the Cespedes Family Barbecue uh, December of our senior year of high school in 2012, and then just worked on it for a year with no one knowing what it was. Like for about a year, we had a hundred Twitter followers and we were just really writing it and making jokes to make the other person laugh, right? It wasn't like for an audience. Like I was just coming up with silly crap for, to make Jordan laugh. Uh, and then someone at Baseball Prospectus thought we were funny, tweeted about it, uh, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. We uh, got jobs with MajorLeagueBaseball.com out of college and then worked there for Cut 4 for about two years and change. And then we left there in – February and we have something else in the works now and we also host uh, Change Up on DAZONE which is basically a uh, nightly whip around show where we watch a lot of live baseball and 
Talk, yeah. Yeah, we've watched it a couple times. Really enjoy it's, you guys trying to make throws to first base uh, <laughs> with a wiffle ball. <laughs> I really hurt myself that day. Yeah. That was fun. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. Um, other stuff I pitched in college me, um, yeah. at, a, at the D3 level. Very, yeah, we uh, – we both yeah. went to D3 schools. Yeah, we rep D3, baby. Yeah, I, I went to U Chicago, so we're actually a bit rivals with you. Okay, but, so. Yeah, two of my roommates were on the baseball team, actually. Do they, what years? Were they there the day I got ejected against uh, Chicago? I, I think they were. I, okay. I, I told my, my roommate you were going to be on this pog, and he's like, yeah. I, I remember uh, we were playing Watch You. He threw a pitch that was just like a tiny bit inside and the ump lost his mind yeah. and rejected him. And like even everyone on our team felt so bad for him because it, it was so crazy. clearly unintentional. It was so whack. I, yeah. like I, so I sucked for three years and this was my sophomore year and I came into a game. We were already losing you Chicago. I let up a homer to the first batter and the second guy, like I grazed his thigh with a fastball and the ump thought it was intentional and chucked me. And I was just like, sir, that is absolutely egregious. And <laughs> someone was like, only the Wash U U Chicago game, some like stuck up <laughs> ass hat, gonna use egregious to argue with umpire. And I got suspended for four games. No. Because yeah, because the rule in the league is if you throw at someone intentionally, you are suspended for four games. And my coach at the time didn't want to appeal it. So I just sat out four games and I watched the last game from a tree, like at the beginning, beginning of angels <laughs> in the outfield. Like I climbed a tree yeah. behind center field. Uh, but yeah, that was, that's my U Chicago story. And then this is another funny one. So my senior year when I was good, I got, it was like a chirpy game. They came to us and like, they needed a couple wins to get to the playoffs and we ended up sweeping them. And the last game of the series, like we get them out. Like I, I we close, I, I get the save. And my catcher turns their dugout and just goes, nail in the coffin. And it was <laughs> sick. It was so cool. Like, he sounded awesome. And I was like, oh, I got to say something, too. So I turned to them and I go, have a great summer. It was the <laughs> lamest chirp ever. I was like, have a, I was like what you write in a yearbook. Oh I think, what, what, what was your senior year? Uh, 2017. Okay, so that, that was a year after I graduated. Okay. I feel like I would have been been hearing about that from my salty roommates if it had been the year before. <laughs> have a great summer. It's like, thanks. <laughs> it's like, thanks, man. Sorry for that digression. I just, no, that was, no, that was amazing. Yeah. That was amazing. Um, so did you and Jordan both come from like a writing background or how did, uh, to go back to kind of your progression there, like how did you guys go straight into MLB and then just keep landing, hosting and writing jobs? So, I mean, we were writing in, in high school, like every high school kid has mm -hmm. to write, you know, for class. <laughs> yeah. For the worst uh, things ever. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we started writing about baseball again, just for one another, like we didn't really have any crazy background in it. I took a creative writing class in, in high school, nothing too sexy. Um, and then in college, he studied communications and I studied Islamic history, which is oh, like the least, which is like the really least applicable thing to baseball <laughs> yeah. ever. Like it was really interesting and I enjoyed it. And I, you know, got to write 40 pages on the Tunisian revolution, but like yeah. no one at MLB knew what like the Jizyat tax was. Yeah. I dig deep on stuff, but, um, then we, I mean, we were writing in, in college 
just about baseball as much as we could. We did a lot of writing for Baseball Prospectus over the summers because we would go on these road trips where we would just get in the car and go see minor league games. Mm -hmm. And we would basically, you know, write a log every day of the trip. And I think that's where we got comfortable with writing. And we, but we hadn't done any on-camera stuff at all until after MLB hired us. So all of the mm -hmm. stuff that we did for Cut 4, especially at the beginning, was the first time we'd ever done it. And I, we owe a lot to the people at Cut 4 who kind of helped us develop and taught us how to be on-camera people, right? Yeah. Always speak slower than you think you need to. Don't eat when you're talking. You know, shit like that. Yeah, so right. that is kind of how we got to the point now where I feel like I could host a four-hour show and yeah. sleep, you know. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, I guess you, you guys kind of have been doing, like, uh, streaming, like, backyard baseball during, uh, <laughs> during the pandemic, right? Yeah, we're just trying to stay busy. I mean, yeah. like, the first week when it was clear that this was not going to be just a week, Jordan and I got on the phone. We're like, okay. I don't care how many people watch, but we need to do some stuff for our own sanity or else we're just going to go haywire. Um, so we were like, yeah, let's stream backyard baseball. So a couple times, a couple nights a week, we stream simulated backyard baseball games on Twitch. <laughs> and we, we've had some guests on. Uh, we had White Sox broadcaster Jason Benetti come on and treat it like a real game. That's you awesome. had Jason, but yeah. I haven't seen that. That's amazing. It was great. It was yeah. really good. Uh, Are you playing yeah, on the computer? A little PC action? So the setup is is weird. So, like, Jordan, you can do it on the PC. You have to, like, get an emulator. Right. It's actually really easy. So Jordan boots that up on his computer, simulates a game, shares his screen using an app called Discord, and then mm -hmm. that's how I see his screen. And then he's also streaming his screen on Twitch at the same time. So, like, he has to tell his family to get off the Wi-Fi like, every time we do it. Because he's, like, using every possible gigahertz. Yeah. I'm sure they're thrilled about that. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. they're ecstatic. You're, you're get off the Wi-Fi, Bob. Got another big backyard baseball. Yeah. Right. Like, coming tonight. It's so funny, right? Because Jordan and I began this whole thing, like, as high school students, right? And so, so right. much of what our lives were was, like, me getting in the car and, you know, I lived a mile from him. So it'd be like, mm -hmm. honey, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to Jordan's. And now, like, we're back into that life where it's like, mom, look, you be quiet. I'm trying to record a backyard baseball game. Except now, like, I'm 24. And so it feels yeah. like I've just returned to the beginning. That's awesome. Um, so I do have one more question for you, going back to your D3 playing days a little bit before we get into some fun awards we're going to do. Um, does being a D3 ball player, like, help your cred with big leaguers? Do they, uh, do they give respect to the D3 game? That's a good question. Really? It's not – okay, so there's a couple different layers of this. It gives you immense amounts of – immense amount and, and immense amount <laughs> of credentials with any pro players who play D3 baseball. Okay. okay. So okay. now there's only a handful of them. Jordan yeah. Zimmerman, Tim LaCastro, guys like that, JP Fireisen. If you go up to them and you're like, I played it so-and-so, yeah. you're in. Like conversation is immediately, you're just bantering about it. A guy who actually didn't play D3, but is in the D3 community is Gavin Lux. Oh, really? Oh, okay. So Gavin Lux's uncle is the head coach 
of a D3 powerhouse school in Wisconsin, Carthage College. Okay. Um, oh, cool. And has been there forever. He played in the big leagues, Augie Schmidt. Mm-hmm. And so Gavin Lux like, grew up practicing on this D3 field. And so when we met him, we were like, yo, like, why didn't you play in the CCI? <laughs> and he was like, well, I was committed to like literally Arizona State. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think specifically that having played at the D3 level helps me. I think just having played. There are yeah, okay. certain things, and I don't want to sound like a grouchy old dude, but like there is a certain part of, even if it's the D3 level and you're only playing 40 games a year and like you have to you have kids missing practice to take mm-hmm. exams and stuff, there is a part of like having been on a team, whether it is uh-huh. baseball, softball, soccer, whatever kind of team you're on, playing college athletics prepares you to talk about athletics with a little bit more depth. Now, I don't have as much depth as like a David Ross – who literally, you know, was a catcher on a World Series winning team. Sure, He's going to yeah. be able yeah, to offer of more perspective than I can. Yeah. Right? But it, I do feel like the alternative universe where, you know, I tore my UCL at 17 instead of 22, mm-hmm. I have slightly less comfort talking about certain aspects of the game. That's yeah, that does make Yeah. And I think baseball is a sport too where, like, just playing it at any level kind of helps – give you an understanding that's really hard to get from the outside but certainly when you take things to the collegiate level you're able to speak to just a whole different level of like commitment and sacrifice to make for a sport that you play right um that it definitely helps i don't think it's necessarily just i I think it's just having been around that competitive environment Mm -hmm. you know like jessica mendoza the fact that she played softball at the olympic level gives her credence to talk about baseball because she's been in she's been through the ringer like she's done it she's lived that life and so even if you are playing a different sport i still think it gives you and more of it is like convincing yourself that you know what you're talking about (laughs) this was something that i had to like i still have trouble with right it's like why does anyone give a crap what i have to say i'm just a schmo right right sure and convincing yourself that you know what you're talking about makes you better at talking about it. And that's just like a feedback loop. And at this point, yeah. like I feel relatively confident, but like, you know, at the beginning, the fact that I played baseball at like, a decently competitive level certainly helped me personally. That's sure. a really interesting point. Yeah. Well, now that we, uh, we know you're qualified to talk about it, should we, should we talk some baseball? Very qualified. <laughs> I have a badge. I should get like a qualified to talk about yeah. baseball badge. Yeah, like a like a sheriff badge, something yeah. that lets everybody know I'm safe. Okay, you and can if, talk and, baseball. And if you forget it at home, you can't talk baseball that day. <laughs> can't talk baseball. Yeah, there's there there are moments right where like if I'm out with a group of people I don't know that well, or like I just met and I only know one person. <laughs> yeah, and they like get into a really heated baseball argument. And, like, the person I know in the group is, like, looking at me, like, oh, is he going to hop in? Like, is he going to be yeah. the guy? And, like, I don't like being the guy who comes in and is, like, yeah. Well, like, actually. Yeah. Eddie Rendon's ex-Woba in Yeah. Like, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> but I do love the idea of having a talk about baseball badge. It's like, yeah. actually, folks, I'm the ass <laughs> with badge. <laughs> yeah. It would clear up a lot of arguments much faster. Yeah, and then people would yeah. just stop talking and yell together. <laughs> yeah. Look at this! Look at this bozo. He literally has a badge. <laughs> so people believe he knows what he's talking about. Well, what we want to do today, because we just did a little bit of a rundown for the whole season. So 
we went division by division, gave our picks, and then in the last episode, uh, we were able to do our World Series predictions. And I'm sorry to say, I see you in the O's hat today. We know you're an O's fan. The O's didn't make the World <laughs> Series of us. Yeah, they didn't. I know even, you may be surprised. They they actually didn't even make it into fourth in the AL East for either of us. Let me say unfortunately. This. So with the shortened season. There is a small part of me that's like, I mean, like, yo, if those get hot. <laughs> anyone can get hot. Right. Yeah. Anyone you know, they, can get hot. Anyone can get hot. Like, yeah. the O's go, like, 30 and 15 and win. If they win the World Series this year, like, that could totally happen. Like, a decent team that wouldn't deserve it in a regular Oh, for sure, yeah. Win. I think it would be so funny if, like, the Rangers – like, the Rangers are exactly the team – that could just like fall into the world series this year. Yeah. I think like white Sox and pods fall in there too. Um, just like yeah. random teams that could get so hot for just such a short amount of time, but enough to <laughs> win in like a 50 game season. Who knows? What yeah. Like if you go back to like the standings after one month of play on, you know, in 2018, like yeah. you'll be like, Oh, I didn't realize the tigers were decent for a month. Right. Like, right. Yeah, if you randomly select like any random fifty games and in pretty much any season, there'll probably be one terrible team that that played six fifty ball over fifty exactly. or something. And, that, yeah. and, and that's the hope as an Orioles fan. Yeah, it, it will. Right, be we'll early. keep your fingers. Yeah. We'll keep our fingers crossed for you, but uh, awesome. it's gonna Thank be you. tough either way. Uh, but yeah, so now that we've kind of gone through all those things, we want to give our award predictions. So we're not going to go through everything, but uh, we do want to break down manager of the year a uh, breakout performer and we'll leave that open-ended for all of us uh rookie of the year cy young and of course the most valuable player in each league um so let's get started with manager of the year uh this is an award that not everybody likes to pick but here i, I love to pick a manager of the year. Do, do we want to start al or ml uh let's do al okay okay it's so i love this award it's so silly because we <laughs> i think baseball more than any other sport we have no idea what makes a good manager. That, that's exactly to, right. To yeah. me, there are like eight guys who I'm sure are good at managing. And then there are like a couple that I'm not going to name who I don't think, I don't think they're very good. And then everyone else, I just have no idea. Like, I yeah. don't know. Like I have no, like Kevin Cash. Like I know for a, like I would die on the hill that he's good at managing baseball. Oh, okay. Bob okay. Melvin. Yeah. He knows what he's yeah. doing. Right. Well, Terry then, Francona in that vein, right? Like Terry, Terry Francona is right. definitely yeah, yeah. a good manager. Right? I, I, yeah. Aaron Boone is a good dude and like could be a good manager. Right. But like, if you put him on the Tigers, they are still they going to overperform? Yeah. Who knows? Well, I, yeah. I also think it's hard to disentangle in today's baseball environment, like what the manager is doing versus what the front office is doing, and sort of giving the information mm-hmm. to the players to succeed. Yeah, and like who's right. setting the lineup every day? Yeah. Usually there are a lot of teams where it's not even the manager anymore, right? Yeah, so exactly. And the, the thing about manager of the year is it's almost never the best team's manager. No, the manager no, no, of the no. year goes to the manager whose team was not supposed to win the division, won the division, but didn't win the World Series. Or it's all about out. narrative. Basically. All about narrative. Yeah. Mike Schiltz and Rocco Baldelli, the perfect picks last year. You're looking yeah. at small market teams overperforming their, you know, the expected run. It's perfect. Yeah. It's just such a silly award. There are only two possible ways that a manager wins manager of the year. Their team vastly outperforms what people expect that they're going to do, 
or they just have the most dominant season ever a la Alex Cora in 2018, right? Or everyone gets hurt. Yeah. Oh, but they still make it through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Aaron Boone last year almost won. I think he tied, basically. And, like, the Yankees were supposed to be good, and they were good, but it was because, you know, Aaron Boone was just – like steering Mike Talkman into 12. <laughs> yeah. He, I, I'm, I'm so mad about last year's Yankee season, but let's not talk. About oh, man. Um, okay, so this year, who am I going with this year? Um, hmm. I mean, it's so tempting to just like, okay, who are the teams that are, are going to be on the up? It's the Reds, the Padres, and the White Sox, and the Rangers, right? So it's uh-huh. really tempting just to just pick one of those guys. Or like it could, you know, what's the good narrative is the Angels win the wild card. Yep, I was just Joe Madden wins. Yeah, yeah that would be an incredible narrative. Yeah, that's just an obvious one. Um, but in the American League, I'm gonna go with Kevin Cash. Um, my man, that's also my pick. Damn, I went different than you guys. I think the Rays will win. I, I, it's so weird to talk about this. In a full season of real baseball, yeah, theoretically, I was gonna pick the Rays to win that division. And I really, think wow! Any time that the Rays win a division over the Red Sox and the Yankees, the manager deserves manager. Yeah, well, I would agree that if the Rays win the AL East, like you could just yeah. check a box, it's gonna be a Kevin Cash manager of the year. I went in a bit of a different direction, and I think my pick actually doesn't fall into any of the boxes we discussed. But I think there's a very specific narrative that might allow Dusty Baker to win this year because See, yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. That, that is something that I'd never even thought about because there's mm-hmm. obviously no precedent. Yeah. But basically like, okay, Dusty is just loved in the baseball community. I'm pretty sure the Astros are going to just win the West because they're still an incredible team. And yeah. he's going to be given so much credit for having this, pull over the locker room to pull everyone together. And I mean, Dusty's a guy that like, again, from like a baseball X's and O's perspective, I'm not convinced is, is a great manager, but I think, I think the narrative might propel him to, to manager of the year this year. You bring this up about, right? Like we have no idea what makes a good manager. Yeah. I, here's one of my insanest takes, which is like, have you guys watch English Premier League at all? Oh yeah. A very little bit for okay. me. But yeah. So, I think if you took, like, Pep Guardiola or, like, Jurgen Klopp, who are, like, the two best managers in the Premier League. Yeah, those are the two I know. And you had them be the manager of a Major League Baseball team. And then you just got, like, the bench coach to make all the actual decisions. I think Mm -hmm. the difference in wins would be negligible. Yeah. I think you either know how to lead people in the athletic realm or you don't. And that if you just learn the game, then you're fine. Yeah, so Dusty I, I, Baker, right? Dusty Baker is super good at leading a group of people. He's not 100%. great at knowing when to butt, but he doesn't <laughs> have to do that with the Astros. So I think he could be very good. One thing I worry about though is will he let uh, will he let Kyle Tucker play? Because because he doesn't love love young guys. But I think that's that so, that's a specific scenario where I worry about him like actively hurting the Astros' chances. But again, I think they're good enough that they're going to win. The West, no matter what. I mean, yeah, obviously, in a show and season, fifty-one percent of the ABs, whether it's yeah. Josh Reddick or Kyle Tucker, like they're still going to win the division. They're right. so good. Yeah, um, that's an interesting pick, Sam. I like that. In the NL, Jake, who did you have? I'm going to go with Jace Tingler. That's my pick too. Yeah, I, guys. yeah, I'm a big Tingler guy. 
the team that I covered when I lived in the Dominican Republic over the winter, he was their manager for three weeks at the beginning of the year before he got the uh-huh. Padres job. Yeah. And I never overlapped with him, but every single person I talked to who played for him down there or the general manager of the team was like, this is the real deal. Like really? he's okay. the real deal. And I think that combined with the Padres just taking a step forward, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the tingler bandwagon. And in, in, in our playoff picks, I, I have the Padres as my second wild card. So I think if, if that happens, tingler's a, a real good candidate for it. I think an interesting thing about Tingler from the perspective of like, you know, how much the manager is actually doing is a lot of people perceive him as sort of being in there as a figurehead for AJ Preller because they sort of knew each other in the Rangers organization. So it'll be, it's an interesting hire from that perspective as well. Um, so I did go a little bit different here. Um, I went with Snicker. I, I just think like he kind of, did it last year for the Braves and he's going to do it again. And people are going to, he never should have really been a major league manager. Um, it kind of just all came together and he's done a really good job for them. I think he walks away with uh, it. How could he, how could he win it when the Braves aren't even going to win the NLEs? You, oh my God. The level that Sam picked the Mets to go this year Jake, <laughs> is, is unreasonable to any rational fan. Luis Rojas is is a good pick for this, just because yeah. like him having to like hop in right away. Well, I, I wanted to pick him, but I I tried yeah, to did. I tried to not let myself pick too many Mets. I, spoiler alert: I did pick one. I know this is a bit of a departure, but could you actually? I forgot that you guys did that thing down in the Dominican League, and it just looked like so much fun. Will you tell us a little bit about yeah. it? Yeah, so I went down by myself for about two months uh, in like a couple different chunks over the off season. Mm-hmm. I came to the realization that I didn't really have anything to do <laughs> for a couple months. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I work on a baseball show that needs live baseball. I don't mm-hmm. know live baseball. Let's yeah. do this. So I saved up a bit of money and just went down there and lived and went to a game every day and, met people and worked on my terrible Spanish. (laughs) Um, And just, it is, a lot of our job is talking to players and talking about players' lives. Mm -hmm. And I felt that it was disingenuous to an extent to try and do that without actually understanding where 10% of the major leagues comes from with all the players, right? And it just opened my eyes a bit to the way the business of baseball works there we get the sense, I think there's a narrative that like, oh, they love it more than we do. And it's not just that, it's that they need it more than we do. Where yeah. like kids are dropping out of school every day, of every year at age 11 to go play baseball because that's right. their best chance of making money, right? Yeah. It's the rational decision. So them practicing all day, every day isn't just because they love it. It's because it's a necessity, right? Yeah. Um, but learning things like that, and it was, you know, Getting to see baseball in a different world where I was an outsider was very eye-opening to me. Um, and, it, and Jordan came down for five days and visited, and it was like, it was, it was just amazing fun. It was great. Yeah, it sounds like awesome. we, And when you go down there, when, like, as the gringo, I was like the token gringo. so like everyone knew i was like who's this gringo like why is he here and once i explained to it people what i was doing like they were willing to talk to me and help me out 
Like we got to go to Carlos Gomez's house. That's so sad. You know, like yeah. which never happens if you don't go. Like if I went to, I'm trying to think of like a, a similar, like Denard Span. Like if I went and like yeah. talked to Denard Span in the dugout, he would never invite me to his home. Right. But Carlos right. Gomez was like, oh, this gringo's here. Like I want to show him what I'm about. Come to my house. You know, that also says something about yeah. Carlos Gomez, who's yeah, like, who's just the an awesome guy. guy ever yeah. by all appearance. Yeah. Right. So all in all, amazing experience. Easier than you'd expect, um, just from a logistical standpoint. I'm uh-huh. a bit of an adventurous person. Like, I took public transportation down there with very little Spanish. Um, but you can go down safely, easily, cheaply, and have a good experience. So if anybody ever wants to know how to do that, yeah. you know. It's, I That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. How did you end up at Victor Robles's block party? I read that article a couple months ago. It was just like, that sounds sick. It was... It was the most out of place I felt the whole time I was down. Oh, really? By okay. a mile. Like, not in an uncomfortable way, necessarily. Mm-hmm. But, like, so I am buddies with his agent, uh, a guy named uh, Rafa Nieves. And Rafa was in the Dominican, and I texted him. and was like, hey, do you want to get dinner? And he just responded with, like, a pin. <laughs> and I was, I was like, what? He's like, come here. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I just got in an Uber and like went across the river to the slightly shadier side of Santo Domingo. I just got out of the Uber and looked around until I saw the guy I knew and there was Victor Robles and <laughs> my friend. And that, that was it. Like, it was, it was so cool because I think, yeah. I wrote about this in the, in the piece, but to us, like Victor Robles isn't really a part of the story of the 2019 mm-hmm. Nationals. Like he's an important yeah. member no doubt. And he's a really good player. I think he's going to be really good moving forward. But like, he's like the 15th most important dude on that team. Yeah. Sure. But on that block, he's the guy, Right. And mm-hmm. I think it's easy to lose perspective of that. Like, I don't know where Wander Suero is from in the Dominican, <laughs> but I know that when he went home, it was lit. Yeah. Right? Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I, when when we talk about players, like we lose track of that. They they're just heroes for making it. Like even if we evaluate it on on the like level of well, they're not like Trout, but they're still yeah, like, one of the you know five hundred best baseball players in the entire world. Emilio Bonifacio is a god. Yeah, a god. Well, Emilio Bonifacio is a good major league player. He's still playing. Yeah, he's still major going. league ball. He hasn't played in the big league since twenty seventeen. Yeah, but he spent the last two years in AAA, and like he's the best player on one of the winter league teams down there. He's like Jeter. Like, I he's love, just like the leadoff guy for one of those teams. I love these guys who like just refuse to retire, you know, and they play like six years in AAA after their major league career, and like keep getting cups of coffee or whatever. They just love the game, and it's it's fun to watch guys like that. I mean, about Manny. Manny's my favorite one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Manny. Dude, he was on the Chinese Baseball League before the rest of us. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. He was. That contract they gave him, I don't even remember the exact terms. I just remember at the time, it was like the craziest thing we'd ever seen. It's like, all right, yeah. Yeah. Do you, man. <laughs> um, uh, all right. We get so, into uh, breakout stars? I was going to say, yeah, thanks for yeah. taking that detour with us. Uh, let's no keep with the AL to start. Any player you really like to like, kind of make that leap forward or make an unexpected jump this year? 
Um, I mean, I'm a, like a lot of the baseball internet. I'm all in on David Fletcher. Uh, I think David really? Fletcher. Yeah, I think David Fletcher is just awesome. I don't know if he's like an all star, but like I think he could really be like a four win player. Uh, yeah. It's just super versatile. Um, but I think people are kind of forgetting about Yoan Moncada a little bit. I think he was really good last year. He was pretty unlucky. Like his bad wasn't that great. Yeah. I just think Moncada is – there's a reason that he was traded for Chris Hale. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people have kind of forgot. He's kind of been slept on with Eloy and Luis Robert, who are all amazing. But I think Moncada is the best made. of those three going forward. Yeah. And, and I'd be shocked uh, if you I, never I make an all I think I think Robert is the best of those three. I think, I think he is too. Monster. I think well, he's – yeah, I was skeptical. We saw him at the Futures game. I was like, he's going to strike out too much, but he's not. He's, nah, he's And then the other guy is Jordan Alvarez, who I just think is going to take an even bigger step forward. Yeah, okay, really? sure. I mean, but uh, he was literally bigger than Mike Trout on a per at bat basis last year. Right. Like taking a step that's forward true. seems almost impossible. That's true. That's, <laughs> that's a fair point. Aaron, Aaron, I, I don't want to call Aaron out, but he's a Jordan Alvarez hater. I, I'm not a hater. I, was I just too. Like, have a lot. I of totally was too. I didn't think he was going to be good. Yeah, but, and, I, but he was unreal last year. I mean, yeah. Uh, so, Sam, do you have somebody for this? Yeah, so I I think I I went from a, like a sort of lower level of player in picking my my breakout star. Uh, I went with Ramon Laureano. Um, so like everyone knows, he's got this insanely rocket arm in the outfield. But you know, in the minors, he showed like really good on base skills. I think he's lost that a bit in the majors, but with that has gained more power. And I think if the on-base skills come back a little bit, he can be sort of a guy that can, you know, have like a 130 WRC plus. And with that outfield arm, actually a lot of the defensive metrics didn't love him in the outfield, but uh, like this, this new stack cast outs above average stuff is really cool. And I think they sort of have seen that he's actually one of the best fielders in terms of first steps in the outfield, but he's taking terrible routes to balls. Uh, so maybe if he cleans that up, he can actually turn into like a plus outfielder with a plus yeah. bat and could be sort of like a borderline all-star level player. That reminds me that that's the thing guys get over. That reminds me of when Justin Upton first came up, he used to be so fast and so quick to the ball, but he would just run like snake patterns in the outfield to try to get to baseballs. And it just cost him so many outs. I've actually seen Loriano do that too. A guy I have isn't too dissimilar. I have Willie Calhoun here. Great pick. I like that one. Yeah, I like that one. Stud. Like, he was such a stud for the Dodgers. And even when he came over to the Rangers, like, he flashed really good times in AAA. He's ready to get full at-bats this year now that he has had the time to recover. Just before, uh, for our listeners who don't remember, just before this whole COVID thing shut baseball down, he got drilled in the face with a pitch like two days before. People worried about him for opening day, but now with all this time, he'll be fine. I think he's going to be a monster. To be honest, I like that pick better than mine. (laughs) <laughs> the thing about him, there, there. I, I respect players who don't want to play defense. Like <laughs> I love, I love watching him. Hit. I love that Willie Calhoun's like, look, y'all, no. I'm not a defender. I'm yeah. gonna try and get competent, but like, I'm here to hit. Like, yeah. I'm not here to. Yeah play defense sorry he's actually got a bit of manny in him in the field i feel like he's just like he could do it but he's just kind of like i don't really want to it's not as much that it's just that he i get the sense that like 
there are players who think about defense when they're hitting. Like I can tell they're thinking about defense. Mm -hmm. Sure. Like Jose Iglesias, like when he's hitting. Yeah. 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 Screw this. I want to play. Yeah. Get me back. And I think Willie Calhoun is the opposite. And like when he's in the field, he's just thinking about his at bats, and he's just thinking about his next at bat. Right. He should be, because he's fun to watch hit. He's sick. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So in the National League, I had Ryan McMahon. Uh, from mm. the Rockies. I kind of think that he's been poised to take a step forward for a while. Boy, he kind of sucks, but <laughs> he has all the tools to put it together and they need someone this year. So with his positional versatility and the need, I think he finds a way to hit. What did you guys have? Uh, I went Keston Hira. Uh, I mean, he was incredible in half a season last year. Yeah. Uh, like really, you know, was basically as good of a hitter as as Alonzo in half a season as Alonzo was for a full season. Uh, I don't think he will quite be that player. I think like his BABIP was a bit unsustainable and stuff, but I think Keston's going to be a, a great player for years to come. I think w- one of the big questions about him is whether or not he can stick at second or, or has to move to third because that'll, that'll impact his long-term value. But, but I like Keston. I think in the age of shifting where the Reds mm-hmm. just paid Mike Moustakis billions of dollars to play a well below average second base, yeah. that Keston Hero will be fine there. He'll be fine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not worried. About I agree. That. Uh, I will go with Scott Kingery. Uh, I like that one. Yeah. I just, there are a few guys I just enjoy. I just love watching him play. I just like yeah. all around his nickname is Scotty Jetpacks for a reason. Um, I like that the Phillies made room for him mm-hmm. this year. I think yeah. he's mostly going to play third base. Well, we'll see. They, they'd rather have him at second or center field. They want Gene Segura to play third base. I think. They want Segura to play third base. We'll see what they end up doing, but that was the talk out of camp when everything closed down. But see, this is what's great about Kingery is he can really play anywhere. Yeah. And he's yeah. one of those guys. Where he played a lot of shortstop. They're like, yeah. yeah, just yeah, give it a go. Just and try it. and yeah, and like premium positions as well. Like, not, yeah, yeah. And then a guy who I want to break out is Cole Tucker. He's just one of my yeah. favorite people. He's just an interesting person, and I think he's got the talent. And by breakout, I mean like be an everyday big leaguer, not like yeah, an all star. Sure, right. But I'm a big Cole Tucker guy. So you actually well either knowing or unknowingly just uh, ran the Arizona di- or the uh, Arizona train right there. Cole Tucker out of Mountain Point High School in Arizona and Scott Kingery, actually an ex-travel ball teammate of mine. We used to play a little travel ball together around the AZ circuit. Him Damn. and his twin brother uh, were both quite good, but no Sam. one else thought that Sam Kingery, league. right? Yeah, you best believe Oh, nice. And Sam, that's, that's Bellinger. Uh, Bellinger's there too. Oh, yeah. Bellinger was an animal. Bellinger, I still think, has the furthest home run hit I've ever seen. I played against him one game, and he just demolished a ball. All those guys live together. Yeah, right, right. They all like live in like the same like apartment complex. And they I just, forgot like, about that. Apparently, they're all quarantined together right now. Oh, right. When we, yeah. When we, awesome. had, we had Cole Tucker on the Backyard Baseball Show, and he was like, Scott Kingery's here, too. We are like, okay. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. That works with us, yeah. Cole Tucker looks like such a fun guy, too. He just looks like he has so much fun playing the game out there. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Hair's on fire, and there's a lot of it. Yeah, hair's on fire. Um, all right, so let's move on to Rookie of the Year now. Who'd you have, Jake, in the American League? Uh, I would go with Robert. Yeah. Luis Robert, because he's just going to play. Like, he's just going to play every day mm-hmm. from the jump. 
and I think he's going to get tons of at-bats and tons of chances, and I think he's going to mash right away. I would, if I was picking between him and Joe Adele, I would pick Adele, like, as a, the better future, better player. Yeah. But I think that you're just going to see more of Robert yeah. this season. Although, do you have any idea how the major leagues are, are going to deal with, like, Super 2 service time stuff? Because maybe, um, like, it might be that the Angels don't suffer as much from surface time and just have Joe Adele to start the season. Right, just play him the whole season. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you make the argument, like, he should be up immediately. He should have been yeah. up at the end of last year. Yeah, right? yeah, definitely. But, yeah, that's 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 an interesting point. I, I just think that there, it's more likely you see Robert playing every day because the Angels have surprisingly good Brian Goodwin um, <laughs> and Justin yeah. Upton and Trout. And so Adele will play over Goodwin if it comes to that. Yeah. But still... Like, I think there will be more days off for Adele. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that, that's a fair point. Yeah. yeah. Did you also go, Robert? No, and you know I love him, but uh, I actually, I, I was really close between him and my pick, but I had to go Jesus Cesardo. That's who I went to, actually. So. He's eligible? Yeah, yeah he only pitched 12 innings last year. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, he's and amazing. He's yeah. So sick. <laughs> like he's, he's so good. He's just got great stuff and he's already got really good command of the zone. Um, throughout his whole minor league career, he was never really walking um, more than three batters a game and only reached that clip a couple of times. And I think he's going to pitch all season this year. They need him and yeah. he'll be on a team that I think wins a wild card. And I think that helps. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think he'll be the A's like quote unquote ace. And, yeah. and if they are then a wild card team because of that, I, I think Luzardo has both the narrative and I think he's going to be great. Yeah. Right. De facto ways, because you can't steal that ace title away from Mike Fires, one of the <laughs> true strong aces in all the yeah. major leagues. Um, in the National League, what did you guys have? I went to uh, Gavin Lux, who still has eligibility as well. Yeah, um, that's me too. I thought it was kind of a slam dunk. Yeah, I mean, like, he absolutely raked in the minors. Uh, the, the majors, like, the stats weren't amazing, but he, like, clearly showed he belonged at the major league right. level if you watched his at-bats and stuff, and I just think he's going to be so good. Right. He's a real deal. I'm yeah. all in. I'm yeah. all in on him. You're looking yeah. at, like, 23 games in the majors last year as an adjustment period, literally his first ever major league time. I'm not worried about He that. homered in the postseason? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all I need. Ice. He's got ice in his veins. Although we all talk about that. Again, don't forget, he's older than Juan Soto, who did way more than just (laughs) postseason last year. But that's a whole different topic. uh, The whole damn world is older than Juan Soto. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Cy Young here. Um, Another one that I feel like I was just so boring. I went Garrett Cole in the American League. So I think that's the only pick you can make and be a legitimate baseball person. Yeah. But it's also crazy and a reminder that he didn't win last year. Yeah. That Verlander won. Yeah. And, like, we all remember 2019 as the Garrett Cole year. Yeah, But somehow, like, hats off to Verlander, who was deserving. I would have gone with Cole, right? Yeah, me too. But, like, Verlander was right there, man. He was right there. And, like, in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, Garrett Cole was a Cy Young. Like, he's the greatest pitcher on planet Earth. I think part of that, though, is that, like, Cole kept being dominant in the playoffs, where whereas Verlander wasn't as much. And, you know, in theory, you're supposed to vote not based on the playoffs. Uh, in fact, I think the votes go in before the playoffs start. They do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They do. Uh, 
But yeah, I also went with Cole. I mean, I think he's he's the the, the arguably the best pitcher in, in playing it at this very moment. He set he set the record for strikeouts per nine last year, like ever. Right. He's, he's, the only thing uh, I think you can ask about Cole this year, and again, I'm not doubting him, but if you just wanted to expand the box a little bit, he does have a bit of a proclivity to give up fly balls, especially to left-handed hitters. And he's in Yankee Stadium now, and he could see five to ten more home runs creep over that fence this season, which could be the difference in a tight Cy Young race if there's yeah, some other really possible. good pitchers in the American League this year. Yeah. I will point out, though, b- before we move to the NL, that I feel like the a- like a lot of – I mean, the AL definitely has some other elite guys and, like, you know, Clevenger, mm-hmm. Bieber. I-, I like Giolito a lot, too. But I think, like, a lot of the elite pitching talent in the league is more focused in the National League. So, like, from that perspective, like, I think Cole's kind of yeah. in the way favorite. I would agree. And that actually takes us nicely into the National League. Sam, just say it. We all know who you have. Uh, I had to go with Jacob DeGrom. Uh, <laughs> it, would, it would be the Thurgan, Thurgan the Row, which, you know, was our trivia question in the last podcast. He would join Randy Johnson and Greg Maddox as, as pitchers to have three Cy Youngs in a row. But I, and again, there's like almost five to ten guys in the National League that I wouldn't be incredibly surprised if they won the Cy Young. But I just think, you know, DeGrom's been the, the best pitcher in baseball the last two years, and he shows no signs of slowing down. Yeah. Jake, who did you have? I think we get our Strasburg here. I think Okay. All right. I think Juan Soto won the World Series, but Steven Strasburg was like second in my brain. Oh, he was mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. And he just looked like the Steven Strasburg we were promised. And I think he turned a corner to an extent for him. I would go Strasburg Scherzer DeGrom especially in a shortened season because Scherzer, the one concern I have about him is his back. Do you remember when he got scratched in the World Series? Yeah, because he literally couldn't get out of bed. People forget about that. Yeah, that Um, was... But, yeah, I would... amazing storylines last year out of the postseason. Such good. Um, and then, like, the one sleeper guy, I mean, he's not even a sleeper anymore, Jack Flaherty. Like, Jack Flaherty was so, so good. Yeah, good in the second yeah, half so last good. year. Like, you can't, you can't overlook Jack and, and, like, that's not even mentioning, like, Walker Bueller, Kershaw. I could see, mm-hmm. like, an I'm insane low, Luis. I'm low on Bueller. I, I, I'm the low guy on, on Bueller. Oh, yeah. really? I think, yeah, I think he's really, really good. But, like, I, I mean, he, he was really, really good. Like, he wasn't elite Fair. yet. And yeah. I, I need to see him turn that corner. What, one, he one walk. Wow, he only walked 37 guys. What, one guy in the National League who I – he would be a big surprise if he won the Cy Young, but who I really like and could see a sort of leap season out of him is, is Luis Castillo. Like, I think he's filthy. He, and, yeah. His changeup is the greatest pitch statistically yeah. of all time. It's insane. I like yeah. I like Bauer to win the Cy Young a little better than him, but I agree they both have uh, they both have a lot of potential Dude, there. Bauer was not good in Cincy. Yeah, there. yeah, he was, he was not, like flat bad. He was that, not, but he he figures it out. I think I don't I don't really think he has a chance to win it this year. But I don't think he's going to repeat that same type of just abysmal performance we saw in Great American Ballpark last year. Yeah, the, the question is, was 2018 a, a blip, or is this more the guy he was, he is now? 
That's a fair question. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like Bauer too. All right. So this, and I feel like we're maybe ending with the most consensus picks, but this brings us to American League MVP. I may caveat this with, let's do a not Mike Trout answer, since how do you yeah. not vote I, Mike Trout? Yeah, I had Mike Trout and a not Mike Trout answer. Yeah. Um, so let's just acknowledge Mike Trout's the greatest baseball player on the planet, and he'll likely be the odds-on favorite to be AL MVP under any circumstance. Well, but somebody- before we move on from Trout, though, like, like let's just—I'm so happy he won MVP last year. He literally could arguably have been the AL MVP every single season of his career. Like, I mean, it's just yeah. so insane. Yeah, he's had over. Over eight war and over 165 WRC plus every single year of his career besides 2011 when he only played 40 games. So yeah, it's just 2011. 2011 Trout doesn't count. That's no, not a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's 40 games. We don't care about it. The rest are full seasons, and he's always eight war or better. But it's like um, it's almost like it's so boring how good he is. But let's let's not forget how good he is. Yeah, good and point. just and just be like, let's not talk about Trout next guy. So if you had to pick an American League Cy Young not named Mike Trout, who do you MVP, have? MVP, yeah. Okay. Or MVP, I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, Bregman was better, was arguably better. Arguably. But, but Bre- Bregman's not getting the MVP. He could have 20 more. He's not getting the MVP. I, I know. I, yeah. I, I think that they're, they're – I think he could totally win it. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it depends on what Trout does. Like, if Trout – if Trout plays 120 games, which he does sometimes, then, I mean, no one's going to play 120 games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But se- 75% of the season. Yeah. Point taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but I think Bregman is, was right up there. I mean, he was incredible last year. No, yeah, I, I agree with know, that. As we know, look, as far as we know, that was kosher last year. Yeah, no, I, I'm not saying that Bregman is going to be suddenly worse now. I'm right. just saying, like, I think there are going to be enough writers that just refuse to vote for him that, that he's not See, I, I think it's the opposite, dude. I think it's like if he goes out and he mashes with everyone looking at him, with everyone talking crap to him, with everyone yeah. bringing trash cans to the game, and we know that it's kosher, then, like, and he still hits the equivalent of, fifth, of you know, 40 bombs. yeah. And he's, playing, yeah. and he's playing a really good third base. Like that could be legit, yeah. But I do think I think whatever a full season is, whatever that means in this world, mm-hmm. I think Trout will play it unless he gets seriously hurt. Yeah, yeah. and I, I guess I would agree that you know if Trout wasn't my guy, the the guy who like on paper is next most likely to win it would be Bregman. Right. I, I didn't go with him. I went with Matt Chapman, who. I think is arguably the the best defensive third baseman. Maybe you'd still argue for Arenado, but basically he's got insane power, like 94th percentile in exit velocity, 96th in hard hit rate last year. Like if he just takes another small step up as a hitter and his K rate's gone down every season of his career, Mm -hmm. he could move from like that six, four guy to that seven or eight war guy. And that's when you start entering the MVP discussion. So yeah. I think that's a good pick. My pick is Aaron Judge. I just think if he plays a full season, he's going to hit 50. I like that pick, yeah. The equivalent of 50 homers, and the Yankees could be the best team in baseball. And that's a good formula to end up as the MVP. Um, uh, similarly, in the National League, I take bets. <laughs> you know, he's going to maybe play for the best team. He has a very good shot of hitting the equivalent of 35 to 40 homers in a full season. 
play good defense and score and drive in a ton of runs. I also went with Mookie and, and I think the narratives there too, like him switching leagues, right. You know, still being with the Dodgers. If he did win the MVP, he would be only the second player ever to win a MVP in both leagues. Number, first one was Frank Robinson. Frank Robinson. Yeah. Out of way. Hey, out of way. Those fans um, in the building. I think we're going to get God level Acuna. I think we're going to. Oh, I love really? Yeah. I think so, we're going to see him in his final form. So we both, we, we actually had a debate about this in our NL East preview and like basically the Soto Acuna debate. Like, who do you want going forward? Oh, I take Soto. Yeah, we both second. came. Yeah, we both came down with Soda. You, you take, I think we're going to see Acuna will burn brighter and he will burn shorter. And Soda will make the Hall of Fame after posting five wins every year for the next yeah, year. Yeah. That's kind of what we said. We were kind of on that. Same yeah. But, but we, we also, like, I do think there's a narrative that Acuna to this point in his career has been a better player than he actually has been. And, th- and that's not to say that he's not already at an all-star level, but like it would take a big leap for him to be at MVP level, which of course could happen. Right. I mean, yeah. he, he like, <laughs> he fell into almost a 40, 40 season last year. Yeah. Accidentally. Yeah. Accidentally. Just yeah. like we opened our eyes in August and then he got yeah. hurt. He could have gotten there, but he got hurt yeah. for the postseason. I mean, yeah, he finished fifth in MVP. He needs to take a step forward. He needs to walk a little bit more and cut down on strikeouts. But, but could easily do it. Which yeah. he could easily do. I mean, he's a freaking child. Like, he is only 22. And, I mean, he got MVP votes the first year somehow. Yeah, but that's, that's a little silly, actually, yeah. I think. But he, yeah. yeah, he is, I just think his talent is ludicrous. And I think... He has a lot less to do than Soto to win it. Like, Soto at this point is really a hitter. He is like, mm-hmm. that's his game. And that's that fine. He's incredible yeah. at it. He's probably the best natural hitter in the He's like a top three natural hitter in the world. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But for Acuna, like, he could just get, you know, I mean, he won't get 40 40 because he won't have time. I mean, shit, dude. If he gets 40-40 this year, you got to right. give him. Yeah, then you yeah. give him the MVP. For sure. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. And it would, be almost, yeah, it would be almost impossible for him to do that and not deserve to win it as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All yeah. right, well, I think that actually about rounds up our predictions there. Uh, thank you for taking the time to do this with us. Uh, hopefully we didn't eat too much your Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, again. Not a lot to do. Um, <laughs> I do need to go give my dad a haircut. Oh, okay. nice. That'll be fun. Which yeah. will be interesting. Um, he is allowing me to do it in return for him trimming my disgusting, <laughs> like, gross beard yeah. that I've grown out. Um, but, yeah, no, I, it, was, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks uh, for coming on. on. It was a blast for us. Yeah. Yes, I hope whenever, you enjoy it, too. Whenever's baseball back, whenever's baseball, whenever baseball's back, uh, watch change up on the zone. Yeah, and then Jordan and I have something else big that we're working on that should uh, come out in the next couple of weeks. So, all awesome. right. So, yeah, everybody keep your it. eyes on Cespedes Family Barbecue. There is hot news coming in the hot future. News. Hot news. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jake. And uh, we're going to sign off here. From everyone here at the Alonzo Bet, I'm Aaron here with Sam and our very special guest today, Jake Mintz. 
Thanks so much for checking this out. Make sure you come back next week. We have win probability added in the stack corner and a bunch of new fun segments coming to you now that we've finished the divisional preview. So stay tuned and make sure you check out everything Cespedes Family Barbecue has cooking up on Twitter and all of their new projects on DAZN.